Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. If you are struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder, then check out NoCD. NoCD offers online therapy for people who are struggling with OCD anywhere in the United States and now in the United Kingdom. You can do live video sessions with a licensed therapist who specializes in the treatment of OCD, which is exposure and response prevention. Between sessions, you'll get 24-7 support from our peer support community and our clinician-guided tools. You also have the ability to message your therapist from the app for additional support and encouragement. Plus, the app tracks all of your exposures, and there are tons of other ERP tools on there too, like an SOS track to put on when you're really, really struggling. You can get started by booking a free call at www.treatmyocd.com or download the free NoCD app to get started. And depending on what state you live in, you may even be able to work with me as your therapist. We even have free support groups that you can sign up for, and they're all led by a therapist who specializes in ERP. Head to www.treatmyocd.com and tell them that Jenna Overboss sent you. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of All the Hard Things. I am coming out of the vault. It's been a while since I've had a podcast episode out. But I had the wonderful Casey reach out. Casey's here to talk to us about her postpartum experience, specifically with OCD and treatment, and it was just too perfect. I want to hear all about her story. I want to share it with all of you. Um, So it's going to be a really great episode, especially if you're a mom, if you're pregnant, if you're, you know, loving someone who is pregnant or who has just become a mom, if you have OCD and if you're about to embark on exposure and response prevention, all good stuff coming your way in this episode. So Casey, thank you so much for being here with us. I want you to just start, if you can, giving us a little bit of background about you, your your story and wherever you wanna take it. Okay, well, thank you, Jenna, for having me. Um, You know, I'm I'm here today because I remember when I was in the thick of everything going through OCD, I was taking a walk and I just promised myself and, and promised God that I promised to try to help others who are going through it if I could get through it myself. So that's why I wanted to be here. And hopefully my story can help anybody else out there who's, who's maybe struggling right now to get through it. Um, I'm, I'm a registered dietitian. I live in North Carolina. And so I counsel patients on, on weight management and, and chronic diseases and I'm married to a farmer and he is gone the majority of the time during planning and, and, um, planning and harvest season and I have a 
two-year-old little girl now, and I'm currently pregnant with a little boy due in August. So um, life is kind of crazy. And, um, but so anyways, my story started with, you know, I guess I've always kind of been a type A person looking back on it. I never really thought of myself as of one at, at the time, but now looking back on everything, I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess I am. Um, I'm somebody who always likes to have things planned and likes to know exactly what's going to happen. And, um, anyways, I got, I got pregnant with my daughter and I had her in February, 2019. And my postpartum experience was actually wonderful, which was the crazy thing. I was super laid back. She was a great baby. Um, even I remember my parents coming to visit me and saying, we just can't believe how relaxed you are. And I was like, well, I mean, how am I supposed to be? You know, like it just, it, it was very natural. It was very easy. Um, and then when she turned one, she got a really bad ear infection and we put her on amoxicillin. And when she, she had a really, really strong allergic reaction to amoxicillin and got really, really sick. And throughout that time, I just developed a lot of anxiety and insomnia as we were, you know, going through all of that with her. And my insomnia got worse and worse and worse. And so I started seeing a therapist for it. And because my insomnia was getting worse, my anxiety was getting worse. And I started seeing a therapist for, for the insomnia specifically, nothing else. Um, and I remember, so my daughter got sick around January, February, and I started suffering from insomnia then. And then I remember in May, we went to the beach with some friends and we took my daughter with us. And our condo was like on the 20 something floor of this hotel. So it was super high up and it had a a balcony and I remember the whole time being so anxious about this balcony and her on this balcony and like just worried that she was going to fall off or if she came close to it a bar would break and then one day I was sitting on the balcony and this intrusive thought hit me like you know a mat truck and the intrusive thought was well so what if she fell off the balcony if she did I wouldn't have responsibility anymore and that thought is the one that just kind of started everything. Um, it just, you know, took me aback and I didn't really know, you know, I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, what it, it would be okay, you know? Like, I must be crazy to think that. Well, we finished the trip at the beach and I didn't have any other intrusive thoughts. I was having some anxiety, but no more intrusive thoughts. And when we got home a couple of nights later, I was giving her a bath and I was like, well, what if my a thought popped into my head of what if you just push her under? And that's when it really started to just spiral because then I started Googling, why am I having this thought? Why, you know, and, and throughout my Googling, I found intrusive thoughts. So even though I, I then got my answer of what it was, I still couldn't let it go. And so that, that one thought just spiraled for the next week. And I remember I called my therapist right away. Like the next day I called and got an appointment with her for the following Friday. When I called her, I was like, okay, we've got to stop talking about insomnia. I have a whole new issue we need to talk about. <laughs> and so I told her and I was like, I remember I was just bawling, crying. And I was like, these thoughts are just hitting me left and right. And I don't know how to stop them. And I don't know, you know, what to do. And so that's when she told me what I was dealing with. And she diagnosed me with OCD, like just, you know, the thought OCD. Um, so 
that's kind of where my story started with everything um, and how I got diagnosed and, and when, I, when I learned what OCD was with, and what intrusive thoughts were. Um, yeah. And I think you are, I'm sitting here as a therapist, obviously I've been working with people who have OCD for a really long time and you are giving the perfect example of that like split moment where things can go haywire. Right. So I often will tell all my members that no CD or otherwise, like it's not necessarily the intrusive thoughts that are the problem. And one example that I give them of what is the problem is how we tend with OCD, take res we tend to take responsibility for those thoughts and we judge those thoughts, right? And so you outlined that kind of in a way that was super characteristic of OCD, right? Like I had this thought and then I started to have this responsibility attached to it. Like, what does it mean about me that I had that thought? That must be, that's terrible that I had that thought as opposed to, you know, someone else's interpretation of that thought who doesn't have OCD and who doesn't misinterpret that thought as being significant, they kind of allow that thought to come and go. They don't have to latch onto it, take responsibility for it, judge it, control it, get it to go away. So this, everyone listening right now, like this is the perfect example of how intrusive thoughts can be that fork in the road. You either allow intrusive thoughts to be there and you don't misinterpret them as being significant, they come and they go. Or we take responsibility for them, exactly like you were saying, Casey, you take responsibility for them, you judge them, you want to stop them, you want to control them, you feel like it's something personal to you, like you must be a bad mom. And I can only imagine, like, yeah, you said it, just hit you like a Mack truck, which is also very characteristic of OCD too. It's not necessarily as insidious as maybe generalized anxiety disorder might be, I've heard that OCD can really truly come like a slap in the face. It seems like that's exactly what you experienced. Yes, and, and I think that was the scariest part of it all. You know, I had never, up until the insomnia, I had never experienced really any crazy anxiety or definitely not depression. I mean, I loved my life. I was super happy. Like I said, I had a wonderful postpartum. And I think that was another reason why it hit me like a Mac truck is because I, you always hear that postpartum anxiety, depression, OCD, anything happens within the first year, right? Like it always happens right afterwards. And I was like, well, no, I'm a year out. Like my daughter's over a year old. So what is this? You know, like, why is this coming out of nowhere? This must be something different. I must be different. Um, and I must be, these thoughts must be real and I must be insane because, you know, I'm technically not in that postpartum quote unquote stage. Right. Um, and I mean, it, the fear, and I, I mean, I guess anybody listening to this who's experienced it, the fear it brings to you, the amount of just terror was unreal to me. I had never felt anything like it before. Um, I remember the weekend after I started having intrusive thoughts, it was Memorial Day weekend. And um, my husband was farming and I had my daughter all to myself that whole weekend. And I just remember being terrified of like being in the kitchen or giving her a bath or taking her to the pool. I mean, it was like, I did it anyways, but I just, I will never, ever, ever forget that fear and the terror that I felt. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're bringing up something that you mentioned in our previous conversations is that you never really avoided anything, right? You just endured no. it with these extreme 
feelings of anxiety. And so you said like, you didn't really engage in too many physical compulsions, right? So what was it that you were kind of doing or that your anxiety was doing to try to cope with it through these situations? Was it more mental compulsions? Well, I come to find out, yes. Cause, but at the time I didn't know, you know, cause I, I didn't avoid anything. I couldn't, you know, I, I didn't have anybody there to help me. I, I had this, I had my daughter that I had to take care of and I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I remember I, the Sunday night of Memorial Day, we were, we went over to a friend's cookout and my friend who she's experienced a lot of anxiety in her life and has been on and off, you know, like anxiety medications and things. And she just looked at me like I was shaking. She was like, Casey, what is wrong? And I was, you know, I couldn't talk to her about it at the time. I was like, I'm just dealing with a lot of anxiety. So she, she gave me a Xanax to take and I took it the next morning. And honestly, like it calmed me down enough to, so that the intrusive thoughts slowed down a little bit. But I really honestly think the anxiety was feeding the intrusive thoughts. The intrusive thoughts was feeding the anxiety and it just was going, I mean, it has just gotten to a point where almost like crisis mode, you know, with my anxiety. Um, and at the time I didn't know what my mental compulsions were, were because it was just, they were coming like one after another, after another. So I really, I couldn't tell you in that moment what my mental compulsions were, but now looking back on it, I was, anytime I laid my daughter down for a nap, I was Googling everything about, you know, OCD, intrusive thoughts. Is it going to make me crazy? Are they going to come true? Um, I was ruminating about every single thought I had over and over in my head. And one of my biggest comp compulsions, mental compulsions throughout all of it was checking. And I think that was, that's honestly still one of the hardest things to not do every now and then. It's like, I would look at something and be like, like I would look at a knife and say, am I going to have an intrusive thought about that? And of course, as soon as you do that, you do, you know, like the intrusive thought pops up. So yeah, my, my compulsions were a hundred percent more just like Googling, ruminating and just not letting it go, not moving on with my life, you know, just, just holding on to them. And I feel like in my experience, I, I understand too, like that concept of in the moment, I didn't realize what I was doing, but after the fact, when you can see things a little bit more clearly, and maybe after you've been to ERP therapy, you can look back in hindsight and be like, oh yeah, that was totally ritualistic, right? Like in hindsight now, after I've been in and out of my own postpartum OCD issues, I look back now and I'm like, I was tiptoeing around everything. Like I might have you know, spent an hour doing this with my son, but I tiptoed around it the entire time, right? Like I was constantly tensing up or, you know, avoiding it. I was constantly just like waiting for the next shoe to drop type of feeling. That's exactly how I felt. Like just constantly waiting for the shoe to drop. Um, and I, I'm so glad though, that you were able to like, it seems like your first outreach to get help um, with therapy that you were able to see someone who actually knew and could recognize OCD in that what what it was that you were experiencing right and they kind of identified that right off the bat I think so many women out there don't have that luxury like don't have that experience unfortunately they go to their doctor or they go to another therapist who maybe doesn't recognize these things as obsessive compulsive disorder um, maybe they get misdiagnosed as something. I've heard some women get called, right, you know, child protective services on them, or you can imagine just the horrific 
scenarios that happen to women when they go and they seek out therapy, right? So was that your first experience? Like that was your first kind of outreach to get therapy and she, she recognized it as OCD? Right away. And I, and I have to say, I was very, I am very lucky when it comes to that. And I can understand why some women are, or most women probably are scared to tell anybody, you know, what they're dealing with. But I honestly was at the point where I was so terrified that I was like, I, I don't have anything to lose. If they want to come get her, then maybe they should. I don't know. You know, like I was just to that point where I was like, I have to tell somebody and I need to get help. Um, And so I think honestly, if there was one thing I could tell women out there is just like, please take that step. Like, I think I got, I got better so quickly because I reached out so quickly, you know, only a couple of days had passed before I told my therapist what had happened um, or what was happening. And I did get very lucky in the sense that she just knew right away. Like it was, she just said, oh, you're having ICD intrusive thoughts. No big deal. And I was like, what do you mean? That's not a big deal. What do you mean? <laughs> it's, like, it's like maddening in a way when they say that, but yeah. it's so comforting in a way. It's like, okay, well, I guess if you're not that worried about it, maybe there's a reality where I don't have to be this worried about it. So I can see how that would be kind of mixed emotions. Right. Um, and I guess for our listeners, what was your experience after that, right? So you're diagnosed with OCD. So then what, what happened after that? Well, I saw her a couple more times, but I still, I just felt like I wasn't getting better. Like, even though I knew what it was now, you know, right. And I, and I even ordered some books, like I ordered um, books on intrusive thoughts and like mindful books for OCD. And when I would put my daughter to bed, I would read those and I would listen to podcasts, which I think all helped in the long run. But I think one of the things in the beginning that was really pulling me back was that I was like, why isn't this just not going away? You know, like I thought, oh, now that I know what it is and it should just go away because I should know to let it go. Right. Um, but it's still like the intrusive thoughts weren't going away. Um, she did put me on like a low dose of an SSRI, um, very low dose. Cause I was, I was, I'm scared of medicines and I didn't want to take it. Um, but I, I finally found an OCD specialist and that, and so I, I kind of transitioned to seeing him instead, which, which helped, um, because he just, he kind of, was able, knew how to work with me a little bit better when it came to OCD, but he also didn't really push exposures. Um, cause I mean, I was already doing them all day, every day, right? Like you're, you're, you're doing exposures all day, every day. If your OCD is intrusive thoughts about harming your child and you're with them all day, you know, I mean, you can't really get much more exposures than that. But what he would tell me to do is intensify a thought, right? So like if I had like a small harm thought, take it to the 10th level, like say, okay, brain, that's funny. I got one better for you. Right. And I'm going to make that thought even worse. And so I remember I started doing that and, um, that kind of got a little bit better. It it kind of made it a little bit better. Um, my anxiety towards it anyways. Um, and then around, I would say August. So this all started in May. And then around August, um, I was listening to a podcast and the therapist said something about how the thought is the exposure itself. The actual intrusive thought is the exposure. 
the rumination is a compulsion. And that's for some reason when it all just clicked for me, right? Like it all just was like, oh, the me being with my daughter is not necessarily the only exposure. The thought itself is the exposure. And my job is to not pay that thought any attention at all. Like literally, like just keep on moving. And that's really when I started getting better, I think. Like the thoughts stopped coming. When I could really pull myself to, if I had a little thought, not go back to that thought at all. Um, which is hard to do, but that's really when I started, I get what you would, I guess, quote in quotations, recovering. Um, from yeah, it. it seems counterintuitive when you don't have the context for it and you don't know the education or the why behind it. It seems really counterintuitive, right? Like, why would I not want to respond to a thought of potentially throwing my baby off of the balcony, right? Like, um, but that's exactly what you have to do. You have right. to not respond. You have to just allow that thought to be there. Something that I think, you know, is really helpful when I tell my members is that you can't help a thought that pops up, but you can help all the thoughts that you conjure up, right? So you know, what you're saying is you had these intrusive thoughts. Well, it wouldn't be that bad if she fell off the balcony anyway, then you wouldn't have any of that responsibility left. And as right. hard as it is to not conjure up all these additional thoughts of what that means to you, would you really enjoy it? Like what, what would your life be without her? What would it, what would be good about it? What would be bad about it? Why am I thinking that in the first place? That's all compulsive. I've often said that one of my favorite go-to self-care routines is to get my nails done. But if you're like me, then you just can't justify salon prices or the harshness that these bring to your nails. Olive in June allows you to get the salon quality manicures and pedicures at home. You can easily go up to seven days without chipping, you don't have to leave the house, and you can finally stop spending $35 or more every two weeks on getting them done. For $10 off your first order, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com and click on deals. so unnatural you know what I mean like at first it feels so unnatural to just to not go back and think about it and that I think that's the hard part the other thing that I was doing that and this was another pivotal moment of what my therapist said to me was every morning when I would wake up I would already be like scared of thoughts coming you know like I would wake up and be like what if I have thoughts today? What if I have this thought? What if I have, so I already woke up just like on pins and needles, like scared of thoughts, right? And my therapist told me, he said, instead of saying, what if, say when, right? Say, okay, when I have a thought today, I'm gonna let it go. When I have a thought today, I'm gonna move on instead of what if. And for some reason that, that advice helped a ton too, because it just helped me to kind of train my brain not to fear them so that they did so they stopped coming as often well it seems like what you were doing is you were less on the defense what if what if what if kind of tiptoeing tiptoeing um and you were more on the offense like you had a plan right with that simple word change with that simple attitude shift you went from offense to or you went from defense to offense and something that I've been 
using lately as a really good reminder is like you can't tiptoe when you're on the offense, right? So it's hard for you to tiptoe and hard for us to, you know, be scared and be belittled by our anxiety when we're on the offense, when we're like, hey, when I have these thoughts, this is my plan. This is what's going to happen. I'm probably going to have some thoughts today. And when I do, this is how I'm going to handle it. So I love that. And I think that's the other whole thing why it helped when he told me like, okay, if you were to have a little thought, then take it to the 10th level, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I'm trying to come up with an example, but like, if you have a little thought about, you know, harming somebody, then take it to like, okay, I harmed them. I, you know, just, just visualizing everything and like taking it to like the yeah. 100th percent level of what it, that thought could have been because you're kind of that's when you become on the offense right you're like going back at your brain of yeah. well ha 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 I've got one better for you right it's kind of like give me two servings and give it to me now it's like you know you have the intrusive thought of well, what if I just dunked her under the water you know what OCD I hear that that's totally possible I could totally just dunk her under the water right now and hold her under the water and as much as I don't like that keep keep it coming I hope for the rest of this bath that you just pile drive me with all of these thoughts like just pile drive me let's go again it's hard to tiptoe around that and be belittled by your anxiety when you're on the offense I love it I love it I love it um and something that I think is really key that you've mentioned is that you had, I, I think you mentioned that you didn't have a history of mental illness before this, right? And like early postpartum was really manageable for you. So I know something that you wanted to share with others is like, you don't have to have a history of mental illness in order for OCD to like slap you out of nowhere, right? So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I was saying, my the first whole year was wonderful and honestly better than I could have ever expected it because I mean I wanted children but it wasn't something that I like had to have if that makes sense like I'm the only child I'm, I'm I like my alone time I'm, I'm good and my husband really wanted a child so you know that's when we had one and and I so I, I loved her and I like, I adjusted being to a mom way better than I thought that I was going to. Um, so like the whole first year was, was great. And that's when it, when this hit, you know, a year and a couple months later, I really thought I was actually going crazy because I was like, well, this isn't postpartum, you know, because postpartum is supposed to be a year and I'm past a year and I was fine, but I mean, it, it can hit any time and it can hit anybody. And I think that's something that, you know, is not talked about enough. Like it's always, like you always hear like within the first year, you know, like you'll develop something yeah. um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be. And, and also the whole time, you know, I was going through this, like, I know you've talked about this on your podcast a lot is I was never depressed even, well, I mean, I have to, during the OCD episodes, I mean, you can't help but feel a little depressed when this is happening to you. But in general, like, I never lost interest in things that I really enjoyed. I, I, I loved life and stuff. So that's always what we're screened for is depression. But really, like, for a majority of us, that, that's not it. You know, it's happening. It's crazy. Like, I still to this day, like, I hear so many women, I think we make strides. And then I hear so many women, like they're very clearly going with complaints of obsessive compulsive disorder or anxiety. And they're only screened for depression. It's like, 
oh my gosh, women should not have to do this much advocacy for their own selves. So I think we, yeah, have a long way to go. And I've said it in other podcast episodes, but I'll say it again. If you are struggling with anxiety or what you believe to be is OCD, advocate for yourself like crazy. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It's something wrong with our mental health system and our medical system in general. You will have to advocate for yourself. I was a therapist with 12 years of experience in OCD and my OBGYN still didn't think that I had OCD. She told me just to put my son, you know, away for a little bit and give him a pacifier. And it's like, I, I very, I clearly know what I'm struggling with. Um, and if I was dismissed like that, I can't even imagine how other women are treated. So yeah. 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 So and, and it doesn't have to be within the first year. And you know, my, my therapist actually, I mean, she was, she was amazing now that I look back on it. She, she actually pinpointed why my anxiety probably got worse around Charlie's one year or two, because she was like, well, did she start walking? And I said, yes. And she said, so you've lost even more control. And if you're somebody who loves control and when your child starts walking, you know, you can't just put her somewhere and know she's safe and walk away and go do your own thing, you know? So I think that's another reason why you know, it, it's good to share and for women to know, like, it doesn't have to be the first year. It can be later down the road when they start walking or they're like, you know, just doing more independent things. That's when anxiety can really rear its head too, because you lose control as much control as you had before. Yeah. I mean, anything that's uncertain, right? Like right. OCD hates anything that's uncertain, anything that you're responsible for, anything that's vulnerable, you know, I could imagine when my son turns 16 and he's able to drive, like my, my symptoms will probably flare up at that point, whether I like it or not. And yeah, I think it's so important. I also loved being a newborn mama, like for the first four months. And then, you know, whether it was just my time or whether it was breastfeeding issues or hormones or developmental changes for him or whatever, I also, like, I suddenly just really started to struggle, like, at three or four months, and I also had those thoughts of, like, well, this couldn't be postpartum anxiety. This couldn't be postpartum OCD because, like you said, you only really hear about that after the first couple of weeks type of thing, Um, but yeah, so many women struggle with that, so I'm glad that we're bringing light to it. I guess mental compulsions are something that I know a lot of people struggle with. So give us some quick tips. Like if someone out there is kind of struggling with their own mental compulsions, including rumination, what would be your tips as far as like how to stop that? Because it's something that like, once you master it is so simple in hindsight, like you just have to not do it. (laughs) But to get to understanding that is really difficult. So any advice that you have about stopping or redirecting rumination? It is, you you know, um, I kind of laugh because it it is so hard in the beginning, but then once you get to the other side of it, it seems so easy. And so like common sense, you know, so it's like, it's so crazy that in the beginning, it's like, it's, it's impossible to do, but I promise you that like, once you get to the other side, like I still have intrusive thoughts, you know, I still do. I'm not going to pretend like I don't, but they just come and go so easily now. And I just kind of laugh at them. Um, but in the beginning, that was definitely, definitely not the case. And I think what really helped me was I started focusing on what I valued in life instead of the OCD and the thoughts. So 
during all that time when I was really in the thick of it, I was always Googling intrusive thoughts, talking about like Googling OCD and OCD groups and, you know, just everything, everything was all consuming OCD and what I was going through and how do I, how do I get better and how do I make them go away? And I think around August was also the time that I started my own like um, Instagram account for cooking and like Southern living and healthy, um, just like healthy tips because um, like healthy cooking and, and tips for, you know, all my patients and stuff. So it redirected my focus. So I had something that I valued and that I loved to turn to. So instead of researching intrusive thoughts, I was now researching new recipes, you know, or or setting or doing an Instagram post on healthy eating or a healthy recipe or, you know, and then that slowly just all the thoughts kind of stopped because my attention was turned into something else that I truly did enjoy and wanted to think about, you know? Um, so I think, I think that's a huge thing is to try to redirect your focus back to your own, your life and what you value in life and what you, you want out of life. Right. So if it's cooking that you like, okay, well, it's, you know, research recipes and go cook. Or if it's, exercise that you like okay well you know develop some exercise plans and go exercise if it's a sport okay well we'll research you know your sport and go go play it it's just it's it's redirecting back to what you enjoyed before you started having those thoughts um that was a that was a big help to me um and then that helped me to kind of if i were to have an intrusive thought just kind of go back to something like a different topic, you know, in my mind, not trying to suppress the thought per se, but just moving on, like saying, right. okay, cool. You know? So, yeah, I, I think there's a distinction between like a bad distraction where you're like, I need to go work out so that I don't have that thought versus a good distraction, which is like, I'm going to go work out. And that thought can be with me. It can be there or it cannot be there, but I'm not going to put my world on a tilt. I'm not going to do anything different to get rid of it or to make it worse. Um, right. So I love that. It seems like you had a really great therapist, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And honestly, more so than my, I mean, like therapist helped, but I just did. And I mean, this is I guess it might've kept it going longer too, but I just, I read a lot of books and listened to a lot of podcasts like yours and just, you know, found all these tips everywhere that I possibly could. Like, I just, I was very, I was like very set on getting better. Like I was like, I have to get better. I love my life. I love my daughter. I love, like, I have to get better so that I can be the mom and the person that I want to be. And I think that's the attitude you have to have. Like, I, and I think that's why, exposure and response prevention is one of those things that can be self-taught. There are tons of self-taught ERP courses out there. Kimberly Quinlan has one. Nathan Peterson has one. They're easily uh, searchable online. Um, and obviously I would always recommend if you're struggling then to do it with the help of a therapist. But if you're in a position where financially that doesn't make sense, if you're just not there yet, or if you just want kind of more maintenance in between, these self-taught self courses are great. And it seems like that's what you were able to do, but you would not have been able to do that unless you had that mentality outside of therapy or in therapy, right? Like you have to have the mentality that you want to get better above and beyond anything else. Like you have to want to get better 
more than you have to want to get rid of these thoughts because that's not going to happen. Right. And, and it's hard, you know, the ERP and the, the exposures and the, the trying to stop, like the, the not Googling, the not ruminating, the letting, you know, moving on. It's very hard at first. So you do, you have to have that, that motivation and that push, um, to want to get better and to keep going. Um, yeah. So much good stuff here. So I know you had so many things that you wanted to share and so many lessons. Let's boil it all down to maybe one or two. Like what are, what are the one or two things that you absolutely want our listeners to hear before we wrap up? Oh, um, the first one is do not be scared to seek help. Like right away if you can you know i think the sooner you get a hold of it the better um and not in in getting past it um i think that's a huge one and and education is a huge one when it comes to all of this but i think as far as you know also in recovery focus on your values focus on what is important to you in life like this ocd and intrusive thoughts they are not your values they are not important to you to you and you know that so folks start focusing back on what you do value in life um and then just i know know this just sounds crazy but it's just it's it it literally is just stop like if a thought comes into your mind do not give it another ounce of your attention or your it's not like that thought doesn't deserve your attention So just keep going because that thought is not who you are. That thought is just a thought. So it does not deserve your attention. You just need to keep going with whatever else you are doing in your life um, and and enjoying whatever it is that you enjoy in life. I think that's a big one. I love it. So many good things. So I guess if you could go back and tell yourself something, maybe at like your lowest point, your worst point, or even before you know, all this went down, what would you go back and tell yourself if you could? Um, I think I would tell myself that it's, it's going to be okay. You know, like you're going to be okay. And that you're not a bad mom or bad person because you're going through this. Um, and that also it's okay to not be okay. You know, I think one of the things that probably got me to the point of where I was is that I always did kind of strive for perfection. I wanted to be a perfect mom. I wanted to get my eight hours of sleep. So that's why when I didn't sleep well, I obsessed over insomnia, you know, like sleep and developed insomnia. I wanted, you know, like everything had to be perfect in my life and okay in my life. And I think this all taught me that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to want to break from my child because maybe that's also what I was needing. It's okay to not want to be with her all the time. And it's okay to only get six hours of sleep that's fine or five hours of sleep like you're fine the next day like it's always and it's okay to have these thoughts because they are just thoughts so basically i wish i would have known back then like it's okay to not be okay and another great thing that one of my therapists told me was like you said you kind of mentioned this too it's not it's not what happens to you is not what matters is how you react to it right so you always get to choose how you're going to react to anything that happens to you in life. And I think that's the biggest thing that I learned from all of this was I might not sleep great one night, 
but if I don't react to it the next day, I'm okay. I might have an intrusive thought, but if I don't react to it, it's going to go away and I'm okay. You know, so I think that's another thing that I would, I wish I would have known back then. Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself too, that no matter what happens, like I'm still always in control of how I respond to it. I'm still always in control of how I respond to it. So that's kind of what I'm hearing from you too. You know, whatever happens, even if it's unfortunate or throws you for a loop, you're still always in control of kind of what you want to do with that. Do you respond or do you not respond? And that can be, you know, empowering in a lot of ways, but it can also feel like a big responsibility. Um, so with all that said, obviously you've done so much of this work on your own, which is great. You had the help of a wonderful therapist who kind of helped prompt you along and get you started. Why do you think it's so important to do and go through hard things? I think it, it helps you to grow, right? As a person, I honestly think, and I, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but I, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm glad I went through what I went through because it was hard as hell, but I'm thankful for the lessons that I learned while going through it because I, I think it's going to help me mom better in the future, right? Like get through all the new hard things. Like I'm about to have a second baby. And so I'm going to have a toddler and a newborn. Like what the heck am I thinking? But you know, um, because I have now all these tools that I learned from going through such a hard thing, it's going to make other hard things easier to get through. So I think it's important to go through hard things because of the tools you learn to get you through all the hard times in life, because no matter what, we're all going to have hard times. And so you have to go through them to learn the tools to be able to better manage them in the future. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.